Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? This is Talking the Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Here with my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. We are joined by a very special guest, Osiris Mitchell, Mississippi Statewide Receiver, is on the podcast to talk about his preparation for the NFL Draft, his career at Mississippi State. We're going to get into some of his background, his recruiting process, some of the things he likes to do outside of football as well. But uh, we're really excited to have Osiris on, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're uh, we're doing good, Very man. Well. Yeah, um, we're excited to have you on. Cole works. Uh, he he worked, did a lot of work inside the Mississippi State uh, mm-hmm. football team, with the recruiting process and everything. So really, really can't wait to get into some of that um, and see if yeah. you know just just know know some of that as well. But um, I want to first start off with you. Where are you currently training at, and uh, what are you what are you kind of working on right now? Uh, I'm training. In, I'm training in Egan, Minnesota, right now, and I'm working on everything. That was that would have been combine uh, related. So the forty vert, broad jump, uh, stuff like that, five ten five shuttle, just all the combine specific training that that I'm going to be doing at my pro day on the twenty fourth. Cool. And your pro day is February twenty fourth. Uh, March. March twenty fourth. Okay, great. Yeah, I want to. I'm trying to note all these down. I mean. Uh, for the previous, the, the last few years, you know, pro days were important, but they've never been as important as they are this year with, with the combine. Not right, happening. right. And, uh, exactly. you know, so it's like, it's like the pro day information was always like, cool, yeah, it's great to get the, the second look or the, the, you know, the initial look before the combine. But, man, this year it's like, I mean, it's all there's going to be. So um, I did want to ask you, though, like outside of prepping for, like, the training, getting the time, you know, working on your – your starts and your finishes and your jumps and all that, like, have you guys, or are you guys, let me ask it that way, are you guys planning on, like, doing a lot of, like, video to send to teams this off season that maybe, you know, can't make it to the pro day or, you know, just to make sure they get it? Is video going to be a big thing that you guys are going to do this year to kind of get the 40s and drills and stuff like that sent to teams? Uh, yes, that's what my uh, athletic director at my school has been telling me. He said the pro day would be filmed. He said some scouts will be there, but of course not all of them will be there. Right. So he mm-hmm. said they're gonna uh, the few scouts that will be there, and then they will also be recording as well and send that off to teams. Cool. Yeah, I feel like that video is gonna be like. I mean, again, the pro day is gonna be important, but like you said, it's just. I guess it's not realistic to expect every team to be there, and then you know, also you know, the ones that are there, they'll be watching so many different people. So I feel like that video side of things is probably gonna be more important than it's ever been as well. So it's gonna be an interesting off season. I can't wait to get into it some more with you. Um, I know Cole's got a few questions for you, so we'll uh, we'll keep the whole process going. Sound good. Yeah, man. Um, 
Yeah, as Connor mentioned, I worked in the recruiting department at Mississippi State. Um, so I know I'm obviously very familiar with your game, what you bring down, what you bring to the table, and everything. But uh, also, you know, working in the recruiting department, I'm well aware of your, you know, your, your recruiting process. It was a little uh, unique compared to other players. Um, obviously, you signed with Mississippi State a little bit later in the signing process. Can you talk about your recruiting? Um, you know, your process, how. You were a little bit under the radar, and then Mississippi State and Minnesota were both of your two big offers. Kind of how you exploded um, in that way, and what what led what led you to uh, you know Starkville. Well, yeah, my recruiting process was definitely uh, up and down a roller coaster. Uh, see, a lot of people don't know about that recruitment process, though. Like, I wasn't eligible. Like, I wasn't academically eligible for like to play in like Division One football, basically. So on signing day, I had like two, I had two small school offers. It was Delaware State, and I want to say Savannah State, like D1AA. Okay. And uh, those are my those are my only two offers on signing day. But me and my coach talked about it, and he said like he feels like I'll be able to get another opportunity, a better opportunity, if I get my grades together. So mm-hmm. I skipped out on signing on signing day, and then did I did extra classes in the summer. And I, I got I got NCAA uh, uh, academically eligible, so then that's yeah. when all my big uh, big time offers started coming in. And it paid off. Yeah, it did. And uh, the thing about Mississippi State though, it was it just so like just the southern hospitality there is very family oriented, and that's all, yeah. that's, that's what I'm all about. So like, you feel <laughs> me? So yeah, I just I just the first day on campus, everybody was just so welcoming. I I just felt like it was home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were. Uh... You were a part of a signing class, so obviously had a first-round pick and Jeffrey Simmons and all of that. Um, I guess what did – what kind of uh, – playing with those kind of guys, what did that do for you as far as wanting to bring out the best in your abilities? I know you kind of started out kind of towards the bottom of the depth chart and you worked your way up um, over the years and became a really, you know, primary uh, factor in a passing game. Um who were who were some of the guys that kind of brought you under their wing, their wing, excuse me, and helped you develop uh, in in the program? Uh, so uh, playing with Jeff and all those like first round guys that you said, it really opened up yeah. my eyes. Like, because honestly, coming out of high school, like you said, I wasn't like really highly recruited, and seeing mm-hmm. all these five stars and like how they work and stuff, like it really like motivated yeah. me. So like that mm-hmm. that was a real neat thing, just seeing them how the, the way they worked and all that stuff. I really learned a lot from them. Mm-hmm. And I'll say the people who took me up under their wing would be, uh, it was a veteran receiver named Donald Gray. He was two okay. years older than me, and yeah, mm-hmm. I just he he was he's by far the hardest worker I ever met in my life. So he took me under his wing early, and I just basically he mentored me and just taught me the game basically. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, so you know Logan Burnett, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I guess, hey, man, I've heard so many stories of Donald Gray staying after practice, you know, with the jug machine and all of that. I've heard his work ethic. Yeah, every you know, day. Pretty legendary. Every day. So that's a pretty good guy to Literally learn every day. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he did. That wasn't the only thing he did either. Like, he did footwork every day. He did a lot of stuff a lot of people didn't see. The jug machine, everybody just knows it because it was right after practice. But he stayed even later than that doing stuff, extra film, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So man, I I really do uh, enjoy your cape as a guy who's you know six foot five, you know really tall, uh, big framed receiver. You play that X role a lot. Um, I wanted to ask you as a guy who you know does have a bigger frame, you're athletic for your size. 
Uh, do you do you see yourself kind of playing outside in the next level, or do you think you could kind of you know play in that big slot role that's kind of become so uh, important nowadays to NFL teams to have that guy that can slide in, play that bigger bigger slot role against a lot of these corners who aren't as you know physically um, impressive as some of the receivers that are lined up in the slot. See me, me personally, I like the inside better. But right. just from a scout or anybody a coach looking at my body, they'll automatically place me to the outside. But I actually feel like I'm, I want to say better, but I actually feel more comfortable in the inside just due to the fact that, like you said, I'm bigger than those little like linebackers and quicker and faster than them. Right. And I, it gives me a, a bigger advantage. It, I still have an advantage over the corners too, but I feel like it's a bigger advantage playing with those linebackers and safeties and stuff down in the box. Yeah, it's it's something that over the last few years, like when I watch some of these guys play, you know, a lot of these bigger receivers, everybody just assumes because they're six, you know, over six foot two and over two hundred pounds, they're like, oh, let's just stick them out on the outside. That that makes the most sense. But a lot of the bigger guys, I think, can make an impact in the slot. I remember last year watching Brian Edwards uh, from South Carolina, and I, I really liked him as a big slot because I thought that his game translated well because he was big, he was physical, he was athletic. I felt like he could, you know, put up better numbers and be more productive from the slot than he could outside just because he has more space to work with and all of that. And I, I kind of see a similar style of play in your game that I saw in his last year. Um, so I was always kind of curious if, you know, like you said, if you thought you were just going to be a primary outside guy or if you'd be able to play, move inside, play the slot as well. And it kind of sounds like you want to want to look at doing both of those things if given the opportunity. Right, exactly. I, I'm very open to doing both. Yeah, I really I like the slide just as much as I like outside. And then the other question I had for you is, is one thing I noticed showing up on tape a lot is it, it looks like you like getting involved in the, the blocking game a lot as a bigger, more physical guy. Um, I know that's going to be something that teams really look at and value. How important is that for you to be able to show up in the blocking game, show up on special teams, things like that, that outside of just running routes, catching the football, making plays in the passing game, you're kind of doing some of that dirty work as well? Uh, honestly, with my first year at Mississippi State, we had a coach. Uh, he's now at Florida, Billy Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with him, he taught me <laughs> if you didn't block in, in that offense, you would, yeah. you would never touch the field. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one time my freshman year, we were playing Alabama. I had just caught a – it was like one of my third catches of the season. <laughs> and then the next play, I, I missed the block. I didn't, I didn't touch the field for the rest of the year. <laughs> I think I, I think we have five games left. I didn't I didn't touch the field for the rest of the year because I missed oh, one man. spot. Yeah, so he he emphasized that a, a lot. So yeah, I know I know how important that is. I learned about how important special team was and blocking just from that first coaching staff. I had. they harped on on all that every day, all day. That's, so yeah, that's, that's very awesome. important to me. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, you go back on it. No, I was, I was just gonna say I was like, that's awesome because you know, obviously, you know, you probably hated it at the time, but two, three <laughs> years in, you're like, okay, I kind of understand why that happened. This is so important, and you know, it's a, it's a right, big deal. Right. To, you know, at the time, you're probably like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Two, two years in, you're like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that kind of leads me to my um, a question I had. You know, you had the opportunity to play for two of the more successful offensive coaches in the game and Dan Mullen and Mike Leach. Um, so it's curious to see whether there be, you know, the blocking emphasized with, with Billy G or, uh, you know, what Spurrier brings, Spurrier Jr. brings to the table. What are the differences of the two schemes and coaching staffs, uh, you know, as far as coaching, as far as um, their kind of personalities? 
what are the uh, some similarities and differences you know playing for both of them as far as position coaches or head coaches a little bit of both I guess uh, I know you kind of emphasize B- Billy Gonzalez but I know Spurrier Jr. he's he's pretty crazy as well um so what yeah, I guess whatever yeah. whoever you had the best relationship with and all of that kind of stuff yeah I, I honestly have I had my four years playing I have four different receiver coaches wow. and three different head coaches crazy so yeah they were all very very different and they all brought something like different so I want I want to say who I like one more than another but I can't say I learned a lot of different things from each one of those coaches yeah because uh so Guess he was your coach one year, right? He's up in uh right, Green right, Bay. right. Yeah, he was. Yep, he was my coach. I learned, I learned, the, I learned the most on the field stuff from him as far as releases mm-hmm. and all that. Because he used to have us like he used to show us clips of uh, Devonta Adams and practice. Because right. him and Devonta Adams have a real good relationship, and he works with Devonta Adams. Mm-hmm. So the same stuff he taught him, he used to teach us. And it was, it honestly was crazy that like it really worked. And then we seen Devonta Adams doing the same stuff. That yeah. Getsy taught us, so we just trusted Getsy like right away. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, he he helped us a lot, all all of us who worked with him. He helped us a lot with like releases and getting in and out of our breaks and stuff. Um, I'm curious, kind of off of that, you know, talking about your releases and stuff like that. What what types of keys do you read when you see a guy's up in press coverage and you're trying to figure out what you know what type of release you want to use, what kind of you want to show him before you get into your route stems? Like, can you walk us through kind of just the mental side of like beating press coverage, the different release packages that you use, and then some of the things maybe you do throughout your route stems to maybe sell something that you're gonna you know the opposite of what you're gonna do. Just kind of go through the whole mental aspect of route running. And, and getting off the line of scrimmage against press coverage. Oh uh, yeah, so basically you want to basically just watching film. You, are, you have to definitely watch film to see how the corner is. If he's an aggressive corner, a patient corner. Like a lot of the long corners are very patient, and the short ones are like very like. As soon as the ball height, they want to get in your chest and double hand jam you and stuff like that. So you just have right. to know your opponent, and then lining up. You have, just have to see where the eyes are. Most of them, some of the time when they press, they're in cover two. Like, I don't know why, but, like, a lot of them play cover two press. And then other people, like, so, like, if they're lined up inside you, of course you want to take it outside at least because you're going to get there, like, quicker. But if they're outside of you, can either, you can either go inside right away or fade the inside and get back out. So it's all it's all on the DB's tendencies and what route you have. So if you have an inside breaking route, most of the time you want to have an inside release so you can get there quicker. And then vice versa for the outside. So that's how I think before I go line up, before my route, whatever my route is, I'll go based off their alignment on what I'm going to do with my release. Support for this show comes from Stolen Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's 
S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Gotcha, gotcha, cool. Um, and then my my next question is: Is this year? I mean, I want to get into some of the some of the plays, some of the games you had. But you faced mm-hmm. a lot of the top corners in this class uh, that are yeah. coming out: Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes at Georgia, uh, Patrick Sertan at Alabama, um, Kelvin Joseph at uh, Kentucky. So you've seen uh, some of the better corners that are going to be in this draft class. Do you have any? Is a receiver that went up against them? Do you have a guy that was more tough to go up against than another, or was it was it I know that's probably a, a long-winded question to answer, but I just was just curious oh, no, on your no, take on some I, of those guys. It's actually not. It's actually not. Yeah. I'll say by far, Patrick Sertan is the best, like the best corner. Right? He he's the best corner in the draft this year for sure. You, yeah. All right, I, I gotta ask you just for my personal opinion because I do, I really do <laughs> like Patrick Sertan, but you never played Caleb Farley at Virginia Tech, did you? No. Uh, I wish you did because that would have given me uh, that would have given me a, some, some help some help separating those. Yeah, teams. We, didn't, right we, now, didn't, we didn't. We were straight conference teams this year. Right. And I didn't play last year either. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I was just curious. I was just curious. I I didn't know if you guys had seen each other in a non conference game throughout your career there, but uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, definitely looking at the. I mean, you faced LSU this year too, which was obviously your yeah. biggest game of the year. Who has you know a ton of talent? Eli Yeah. Right. So. Um, and then they obviously have some guys coming out here in the next few years who look to be some of the top corners in this class in, in the class that they're going to come out in. So obviously you placed right. played against a ton of good secondary guys, um, and then obviously this year that first game against LSU, you really uh, you really put yeah. your name on the map with, yeah. with big performance against LSU. Can you just take us through that performance? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously going up against the the reigning national champion, I, I know they lost a lot of guys, but even coming into the year, people were excited about what LSU could be, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys went in and, and really, you know, really dominated that game and, and won a big one. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like honestly, that first game, I feel like uh, the, the, uh, our strength staff, they did a great job uh, preparing us for that because we, we were like, very energized. We nobody was cramping. We had like a lot of like juice the whole game, and they were like just the opposite of that. They were like tired and all that stuff. Right. So I feel like I feel like that's really the main reason we got we uh got that win just due to the fact that we were in better condition and we and we wanted the more. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And so uh, I guess um, what what other than that, other than conditioning, what do you think made you? Really, the whole offense as a whole, but especially you, so successful in that game. You were beating them, uh, you know, on a crosser. You got that last touchdown on a go route. Like, what, what gave you that confidence that you could go out there? I mean, it was the first game of the Mike Leach era in the SEC. Nobody really knew what to expect, but y'all really just LSU secondary had no answer for y'all. What, what kind of went into that game planning? And as far as you know, your route running with the kind of plays that you were confident you were going to win. Oh yeah, for sure. So honestly, if any team plays man to man against us, like honestly, it's like taking candy from a baby and that and that. <laughs> offense. Like, so like, if, I don't know if you've seen like the rest of the year, but no, yeah. like I'll say about three, three to four teams dropped eight. Played man to man, played man to man on us. The rest of them dropped eight every game, mm-hmm. and the teams who did play man to man are the teams that we beat. Mm-hmm. So I mean. So if if a team plays man, it's just so easy in that offense because everybody's moving. So it's me mm-hmm. like you, somebody's crossing, somebody's going deep across the field. It's just so hard to stop that offense. So 
LSU came out and man to man, they didn't know what to expect. They probably thought Mike Leach was gonna change some things up <laughs> and he wasn't in the Pac twelve anymore. But Yeah. Yeah, they definitely thought they I know they didn't think we were gonna throw the ball at every play like that. But yeah, they didn't they didn't adjust the coverage. Mm. So yeah, it was it was just that I feel like that's what it was. They they didn't know what to expect from Mike right. Leach's offense in the first game. <laughs> I gotta ask. What is it like playing for Mike Leach? <laughs> Man, it's, <laughs> uh, you get you man. It's, I don't know. It's just you gonna get. He he. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You ain't know how to describe it. Like yeah, I, I can't. Really. <laughs> He's a hard one, man. I, I don't. I don't really like. I try my hardest to understand him, but it's just man. I just can't do it. He's a strange dude. He's a strange dude. Yeah, he. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite answer in the four years we've been doing this podcast. That might be my favorite answer. Oh man, I lost the words. That I just want to let you know that I've never met Mike Leach. I've obviously never played football for Mike Leach. But your answer just now would be my answer if someone asked me that question. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure a lot of people will give you that same answer. Too. I was about to say, yeah, I think most people will say the same thing. <laughs> if they're being truthful, if they, if they want to lie and say something, they might say something else. But if they're being truthful, they're going to say the same thing. <laughs> that was incredible. How did I, uh, go ahead, Cole. I was going to ask, like, how did – I mean, we asked about Mike Leach, but how was it playing, uh, you know, in the air raid? You know, I'm sure it was really fun to play as a receiver compared – how does that compare to, you know, Dan Mullins, you know, run scheme and – Joe, Joe Moorhead's RPO. Is there one that you really think you thrive in and would succeed in on the next level better than the others? Did you just have more fun playing in the air raid? Like, can you take us through that thought process and kind of what you like yeah, and didn't like? Yeah, I feel like I definitely feel like Mullen and Moorhead's offense is more pro style, so that that would like help you, you know, at mm-hmm. the next level more than Mike Leach's offense would. Mm-hmm. But Mike Leach's offense is way more funner, of course. But yeah, yeah. I feel like the other two offenses. Would mm-hmm. just get me prepared more for the next level, so it okay. it goes hand for hand, like yeah. So that's so how got, I feel like it was. You spent the beginning of your career training for the NFL, and you finished off your career, you know, having a lot of fun on the on the last level, on the college level. So right, you, right. You, you kind of got the best of both worlds. Right. The only the bad thing I would say though is that we didn't really have an off season, no, no spring or nothing. So. Man, if we would have had a spring and a and a legit <laughs> off season, man, we would have been man, we would have had a great year. So I feel like in the future they're gonna, I feel like I know they're gonna be a great team next year once they get all the pieces together. Cause we just have missed out on so many opportunities to get better and be with each other in this new system with all these new coaches. So that really hurt us this year a lot. Yeah, what I don't think most people realize is you know air raids to you know kind of the go-to offense for a lot of people on NCAA, you know, if you're playing video games, you can air it all out. But I don't think people realize how complicated it is to shift to that offense compared to, like, Joe Moorhead's offense, for instance. Like, you're, you have to learn so many like, – uh, Mike Leach's offense is all about repetition. Y'all didn't get those reps, so. That's uh, exactly what it is, just straight repetition, repetition. That's it. Yeah, isn't there only like five routes or something like that? Like, you just have to do a five crazy – Five plays. It's like five, five plays play. in that offense. <laughs> Legit Man. five plays in the offense. Do you think? Uh, I guess yeah. one of my last questions. Yeah, do you, one of my last questions. Do you think that LSU game? Would you consider that as your best game, or would you consider that? I know you had a big game against Arkansas, and uh, I guess I was what twenty nineteen. What, what do you think is your like top game when you look back at your career? 
my top uh I'll point say A&M that in two thousand eighteen. Okay. Texas yeah, Texas A and M two thousand eighteen. I feel like oh, you said my best oh my best game was definitely L S U, but my funnest game was uh A and M two thousand nine two thousand eighteen 'cause they were like I think ranked like number five. We were the huge underdog, and we and we pulled up the upset win. Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. What uh, I'm curious, you know, outside of football, like what's what's your hobbies? Are you a gamer? Do you, what do you do outside of football when you're not playing, training, practicing, preparing for the draft? Like, if somebody just knows Osiris Mitchell outside of being a football player, like, what are they going to know about him? Uh, see, this is very, like, a lot of people don't know, but since my time in Mississippi, it changed me a lot. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I honestly do a lot of country stuff now, like going hunting, fishing. Yes! Dirt bike, Speaking cockroach language. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dirt bike riding, uh, four-wheeling. I like doing all that <laughs> stuff. And, of course, I play games. I play games all day, really, but, like, when I'm not playing the games or listening to music, I'm doing, like, outside activities. So, so I got to yeah, ask, me all day. from Florida. You being from Florida, who got who on the team got you into the country stuff? Uh, my, really the whole team because I'll say seventy five percent of the team is from Mississippi. Yeah, no, that's so true. Just, just being around just guys in the locker room, like people, my locker mates and stuff like that. Just you uh, kind of talking yeah. about it. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, I just hear them talking about it. and I say I want to come too, and then they invite me out and stuff. But it's one thing I'm scared to do that a lot of people on the team do with uh, hand fishing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I can't see myself doing that, but yeah, that's something. That's something on my bucket list. I think still. Yeah. So what's uh? We actually just had a Wyatt Hubbard. He's a defensive end from Kansas State on the podcast last week, and he was a big hunter too. I asked him what's like what's his favorite thing to hunt, and I know you said you do some fishing and stuff too. But have you have you done anything like crazy hunting as far as like? Outside of just like deer and turkey and that stuff, or are you just mainly a deer and nah, turkey? No, not guy? yet. Okay. Yeah, that's that's it. I haven't done all the other stuff yet, but I, I know I'm willing to do it. But I didn't. The opportunity <laughs> hasn't come yet because <laughs> I right. just started two years ago. Have, have you have you killed Have you killed anything yet? Yeah, I killed like three deer, and uh, I killed. I, we went duck hunting too. I had a couple of ducks too. How uh, <laughs> the, is it the adrenaline rush? Is it more from <laughs> killing a deer or more from catching a touchdown? <laughs> uh, I'll say I'll say this year it'll be from killing a deer since there were no fans or nothing. But That's true. Yeah, usually, 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 like with the cowbells and all the fifty whatever we hold fifty five thousand fans and the cowbells, <laughs> it sounds like a hundred thousand in there. So yeah. I'll say touchdown. Yeah. What are your thoughts on cowbells, yeah. by the way? <laughs> Uh, all I'll say is I'm glad they're on my side. If, yeah. I, was, if I was to go to a away game and they had them, I probably couldn't do it. So I but, feel yeah, it. So. I love them because for Mississippi State, but hey, if another team, I would hate them. Would hate exactly. Them. I got two more questions, and if Cole doesn't have anything, we'll get you out of here. But my, my first or my, my last questions is um, when – so you, you don't have to answer that – well, I'm gonna ask my other one first, and then I'll get to that one. But so with with this off season being so crazy, you know, you just got a pro day scheduled. Like, have you started, con- you know, reaching out to teams? Have teams started reaching out to you? Is it an agent thing? Like, how's that contact started um, with you, or is it something that you think will like pro- probably amp up towards your pro day? Oh uh, yeah, well it goes. It, ba- it mainly goes to my agent. Right. But, uh, yeah, I've been. I've been. Our team's been called like. 
this year they're doing everything different. So they'll send you like a virtual link, like right. email to fill out to fill out like a little panel like where you're training, your age name, all that, just to get to know you. I have like I got like four of those emails and then a few teams text me as well with the same information. So they've just been texting and stuff right now since they can't like contact us face to face as of right now. Are you allowed to share those teams that you've been in contact with? You said my what? I said, are you allowed to share the teams that you've been in contact with? Oh no, I, I, no, I can't. Uh, my my agent, he didn't want me to do that. That's fine. All good. All good. I figured I'd ask, but yeah, that's it's like I said, it's always a it's always a different time, you know, because I feel like in the past, you know, either guys are playing in the the senior all star games, and half of those didn't happen this year. They're getting yeah. ready to go to the combine, and they talk to teams there. So it's just been a it's been a different uh, different time and a different way to run things. Um, and my last question, if Cole doesn't have any more, and again, you don't have to touch on this if you don't want to, but since it was such a big thing at the end of the year, can you give us a rundown of the whole Tul- end of Tulsa game? <laughs> again, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to. No, nah, I can't. I, 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 it don't matter to me. But yeah, no, before the game, see, like a lot of I don't know. I don't know if ESCN or any, anybody talked about it, but before the game, they really started the fight, like. During pre-warm-up, we were stretching on the field and stuff, and they came out after us, running mm-hmm. around us, doing like doing all the extra stuff. So really, they started. Of course, they won't say none of that. And then after the game, you know, we won and stuff. So I mean, the game's over now. So people are like, "What do we got to lose?" Not thinking of the like consequences. Right, exactly. So then one one puncher got thrown, and then y'all know the, the rest. Y'all know the rest of what happened. Oh, but yeah, yeah I, I definitely feel like I definitely feel like it was Tulsa started all of it. They started before the game and after the game. I was at that game, and it was like twenty degrees and raining, and that and that uh, I guess TCU Stadium too. And I remember we were we thought the game was over, about to head out, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And we all turn on the field, and there's like a whole chaotic fight going out. And then you, get, I get on Twitter after the game, and you see Mike Leach taking pictures. Yeah, dude, that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part about all of that. Is when Mike's just up in the stands, like twenty rows deep, just taking selfies with the fans. And I was like, "This guy is a legend." <laughs> yeah, that's that, that Mike Leach for you. Yep. <laughs> literally. Yep. Yep. Oh right. man, well, this. this you got I have one last cool. question before right. we kind of get you out of here, man. You know, obviously I just grad- graduated from Mississippi State and everything, lived in Starkville. What's your go-to spot? What's your favorite place to eat when you're in Starkville? What's your uh, kind of go-to? Uh, my go-to is Stagger Inn. I love Stagger Inn, man. Stagger- you, yo, do you yo, like yo, See, man, I was just about to ask you about that, honestly. I've never <laughs> – I don't, I don't see the hype about the – all I hear is really? stuff about the wings, but I don't really see the hype about the wings. Bro, when you go, you need to get the pulled pork grilled cheese, and it will change your life. That's all I'm going to say. Pulled pork grilled cheese? Pulled pork grilled cheese. I'm telling you, it will change uh, I'm going to get it when I go back down for pro day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. This is a lot of fun. Um, like I said, really enjoy the tape. Uh, I think you're going to play outside, inside, do a lot of things. Like I said, the blocking, the special teams kind of fill a lot of roles in, and, and this wide receiver class is deep, and you're one of those guys who, who fits in really well um, in this class. So I, I really enjoy the tape and really enjoy the interview, and I uh, can't wait to see the, the pro day numbers and, and see how everything develops for you over these next few months. Yes, sir. Appreciate it.
Yes, yeah, sir. Cyrus. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Y'all, you have a good one, man. You too. We were just joined by Osiris Mitchell, Mississippi State Bulldog wide receiver, uh, senior. He's coming out in the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, he's a big physical guy, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds. Um, as we talked about in this podcast, which you just heard, you know, he kind of can play some inside and some outside. When I watched his his game, I see a guy that could probably come into the inside and do a lot of positive things. Um, He's a good athlete, but I think what his skill set would translate to is getting in the slot, getting some more of those free releases against some of those smaller corners, really be able to show off his size and athleticism against, you know, your your shorter guys. Um, and I think he could really find a nice little role in with the team um, as, a, as a slot. They can also bounce outside and, you know, stretch the field vertically some too. But I know you're really familiar with him uh, doing a lot of work for that Mississippi State recruiting department. So, so what's your thoughts on Osiris and obviously some of the highlights from the interview? Yeah, man, you kind of touched on it. Um, he, he has the ability to play inside or outside, and that is actually a big emphasis of Mike Leach's offense, you know, having that versatility, which I think he kind of touched on which systems he played for. He played in while in college will prepare him for the NFL, but I also think the air raid will help him, you know, with those free releases, with the ability to play inside or outside. He's a guy that can go up and high point to football. I mean, he's got pretty good speed, too, if you, if you turn on that LSU game. He was able to outrun their – highly recruited DBs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall it was a very enjoyable interview. He really opened up about some things. He made <laughs> us laugh. He, uh, I know he got on your good side by right? <laughs> talking about, you know, hunting and fishing. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really excited to have him on because, like I said, yeah. I mean, I, I love having these guys on who, you know, might not be drafted in the top 100 because they do open up more. I feel like, like they have yeah. – they all have, like, cooler stories, too. Like, the recruiting story where, like, he didn't quite have the grades, so he didn't commit on signing day. Like, How about that's, that? That stuff's where you learn about guys because, I mean, again, like, you're, you know, you're Jalen Waddles and Devontae Smith. Yeah. Like, they just – they I mean, I'm sure their stories are great, too, but, like, they're five-star recruits. They're getting yeah. recruited by every school in the country. Like, I just think it's cool when guys aren't, you know, aren't these big five-star guys that kind of have to – figure out what's best for them and their family. They have to really work for opportunities, sure. and I think that that was a, a really good thing with those yeah, stars. He really bet on himself. I feel like a, many people would take that guaranteed scholarship or whatever right. and bet on himself, got his grades up with hard work, and got an SEC and a Big Ten offer, and right. now he's in position to possibly make an NFL roster, so we'll see. I'm excited to you know, follow him through this draft process, and I was happy that he joined us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like I said, I mean, he's a – He's probably a day three UDFA guy, but he's got some ability, and we've seen those guys come into the league before and, you know, make a difference. Sure. Um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that he, he, you know, he brought up how his former coach was with the Packers because the Packers always seem to find guys like yeah. him late mm-hmm. in the draft or UDFA guys yeah. that they bring in that, you know, Alan Lazard, that was a mm-hmm. guy they drafted a few years ago who, like, bigger dude who plays some slot for him, for sure. like, you know, like that's a that yeah. you know, that's the type of guy that he Osiris I can see as the type of guy and he has a relationship with a coach on the Packers yep. team was like that could be a fit there for him. Um, I agree. But again, he can kind of play in any scheme, like you said, because he can play inside, can't play out. He's a good special teams guy, good blocker, 
physical guy, can high point mm-hmm. the ball. So, like, he has this ability to play for any team in any scheme. But uh, we appreciate Osiris for coming on. We appreciate all you guys for listening. We'll be back earlier in the week. This will be coming out this weekend on a uh, Sunday. So check this out. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you on Wednesday. We're doing every Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, so make sure you're subscribing to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed uh, on whatever podcast feed platform you're listening to. Hit that subscribe button, and you'll hear us interview a lot of these prospects. We have some big Big time guys coming up. We have a lot of guys coming up. We're excited about them. So make sure you're you're subscribing and tuning in. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. We are talking the draft.